Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Marathon Time Breakthrough. I'm joined by Dr. Dave Bird. How are you, Dr. Dave? I'm very well, thank you, Mark. Now, in a previous session, we looked at motivational traps. We did. And I know we had five last time. We did. And I'm pretty sure you've probably got another five for us to look at. I have. I've got another five and armed with this complete uh, ten strategy toolkit you will be able to deal with any mental challenges the marathon campaign throws at you. Now when I was having a sneaky look at your notes earlier <laughs> you mentioned something about filtering and I think that's the one you want to start with isn't it today? I am going to start with filtering. This is I admit very similar to when we looked at in the previous session I think it was discounting but I'll be honest it gives me an excuse to bring out another example. Filtering is sifting, isn't it? And mm. filtering, in this case, is sifting out the negative. So rather than being a gold prospector and mm. sifting out the positive nuggets, yeah. you're doing the opposite and you're sifting out any negatives from what could be quite a, a good situation. So it's like sifting the lumps out of the flour, for instance. That's exactly it. That's a better, better kind of way of looking at it. What I would um, use as an example here, because I see it so many times, is when people micromanage mm -hmm. a repeats uh, session, particularly okay. the faster repeats that there are more challenging. And what they tend to do is they will present me on mm. one of my client progress calls with the sort of seven or eight repeats with with all the times dutifully charted and they'll mm. be kind of yeah there'll be red rings around one and and they'll be sort of saying you know why was this slower than that and all that kind of stuff my immediate challenge is well let's have a look at the overall zone mm. range that you were working in because we do everything in kind of ranges and more often than not, what I find is they're all within the acceptable range mm. for starters. So yeah. this is what I mean about the micromanagement. Right, yeah. It might be a different story if one was a kind of crash and burn where they were way, way slow, but it often isn't. Chunking down mm. into lower level, you're down in the weeds, right. analysing stuff that you don't need to worry about. And what I would say to folk is... Just look at the bigger picture, and the bigger picture with a fast repeat session is to stay within that pace zone. If you can, run them even, even mm -hmm. better. If you can, maybe very, very slightly improve, but within that zone during the session. Mm -hmm. But don't worry about the kind of little oscillations, you know, in, in, these, in these repeats. Excellent. So that's the sixth one we've looked at so far. It is in the overall scheme of things. Yep, so let's move on to the next one. The next one is guessing. This is where you're guessing or you're jumping to conclusions based mm. on what other folk are thinking. Which is very clever. It is very clever, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a real sabotage in mm. terms of marathon success because the classic example here is the example of trying to gain club bragging rights. Right, yeah. And again, what I'm saying here is not kind of abstract things I've dreamed up. These are all issues that clients have brought to me. And I've heard uh, situations where people, believe it or not, have been worried about going down to their local club. Mm -hmm particularly during what I call the pillars phase, the marathon-specific training, mm. they're very, very tired. Mm. And because they're unable to um, perform as well as they maybe would like, mm. they're assuming that other people will be thinking 
poorly of them and thinking that they're you know not not as good a runner as they thought they were and all that kind of stuff mm. which to me um is madness it, it is frankly it's is. It is madness because they will have no idea where they are in term in terms of their progression mm. and where they were even within that training week you know usually um, there's been a harder session mm. um, in the last few days that they may be recovering from mm. and, and that could explain the situation yeah so the very simple solution is to stand inside their running shoes for a, for just a minute and just imagine what they could be thinking that's more helpful mm. and frankly what I would be thinking in that situation if I was looking at this person who was maybe not peeking at the front of the group mm. in, in a session is wife. I know that Phil or Jane or whoever it is is trying to get below 330. Mm. They are really putting in the effort. I can see that because, you know, they're obviously um, up against it tonight and that mm. must mean they've got some real good training in, in the bank or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know, you, you try and kind of reframe what they're thinking to probably, ironically, what they are thinking yes, <laughs> and yeah. not jump to conclusions. Yeah, I know when I'm talking with people who are wanting to get sort of slimmer and fitter mm. and they say, oh, I'm worried about going to the gym because I don't look good in a, in a leotard and all yeah. this, that and the other. I say, well, A, you don't need to wear a leotard. No. But B, everybody else is more concerned about what you think of them. Yeah. And they're not thinking really about what you look like. That's a great point. Other people will be more focused on maybe why they weren't... Uh, able to I don't know maintain that pace yeah. on, on that club run yeah and, and the other thing if if people still can't appreciate that you know other people are more concerned about you know what you're thinking and then they are of you mm. you can always prepare it by saying I've had a really hard week this week I'm only going to do x today exactly and exactly. if you announce that to everybody and yeah. you actually do a bit better than x yeah then they're yeah. going to be oh well yeah. not that bad then yeah I took it to another extreme when I was doing my own training. I actually was in a club and I used to go down and deliberately go into the social group mm. and, and use the club runs for recovery runs because mm. a lot of the sessions I did for whatever reason I wanted to do on my own, that the harder ones mm. and and that was a great way around it because then it's unequivocal because you're in yeah. this sort of social group. That's how that's what your aim is. Okay, that's another great way of not falling into a motivational trap, so let's go on to the next one. Yeah, so the eighth I think we're up to now is something I call hyper-responsibility. The problem here is always expecting circumstances to be under your control, and mm. if you've watched any of these other episodes, you'll know by now that one of the things we keep banging on about is that it is impossible yeah. for every circumstance to be under your control in a marathon campaign which is why I always say that you use your schedule as a guiding framework more specifically stop blaming yourself mm. for slower running when conditions are adverse yeah because I mean you can't control the weather no you can't control the day you've had at work exactly you can't control whether the fact the kids have brought home some yeah. sort of germ from school and you're coming down with it or you're just getting over it so are you quite right yeah cannot control everything yeah so the two things you can do uh, firstly as you've rightly alluded to with that list of examples anticipate what may be a difficult day to do a harder session by switching things around mm -hmm. so that is taking responsibility yeah. rather than being hyper responsible 
And then the second thing you can do is flex how you actually track performance. So it might be if there's a bad headwind that day or whatever that you use effort mm. rather than absolute pace. Mm. And then you know that you've worked at that required effort to meet the requirements of that session. Mm. So also take notice of then what's going on around you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And awareness is so important uh, for marathon runners. Um, it, it really is. It can mean the difference between success mm. and failure. So I suppose in a way that, that brings us on to what is the next one, mm. which you've put down, I think, as immovable standards. If I had to pick one out of the ten, I think this would be my favourite for mm. some of the issues um, that clients have, have brought to me because particularly among, ironically, the more successful and driven marathon runners, there mm. is a perfectionist streak. And, and I'm not going to dissolve my own background from this. I, I think I shared some of this, particularly probably a bit more when I was younger, actually, mm. doing middle distance stuff. But perfectionism is a problem that yeah. marathon runners face. What I would bring up here is a more general problem of prescriptive plans and the devilry of these plans, particularly the ones that are defined by distances, mm. is this kind of requirement that regardless of circumstances, as we spoke about just now, mm. you have to hit that distance stroke pace every time like some unnerving sort of, you know, android robot. E even if you blagged it, you know, luckily for one session, you you wouldn't be able to sustain marathon success. You'd probably no. end up with a stress fracture and your career would prematurely end or something. So what I would say as a solution is please stop personalising your planning yeah. and, and using them when you get the plan as a guiding framework. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do exactly the same you know, when I'm coaching people on diet and fitness. Mm. The diet is a guide. Yeah. You have to personalise it for the, the foods you like to eat, for the frequency you like to eat, and all those sorts of things. Yeah. I guess it's the same for training. Yeah, and that's why I do use, it's, well, it's one of the reasons why I do use time-based training and mm. allow the distances to come out, if you like, once people have plugged the uh, times into their kind of pace watches. Yeah. The distances are a kind of outcome rather than an absolute requirement, if yeah. you see what I mean. Excellent. So we've got one more left. Mm -hmm. And this is judging, making unhelpful comparisons. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's making unhelpful comparisons with faster runners or even a faster self. You right. Know, older runners will nostalgically or even <laughs> yeah. regretfully look yeah. back at their faster self and um, unfairly, mm. this is where the judging comes in, unfairly compare um, they're, they're still very noble efforts mm. because the absolute standards and it, you know, it gets back to some of those others that, like mm. I said earlier this stuff does overlap a bit what I would um, encourage you to do is to get much more into the here and now and make helpful comparisons um, of your actual progress through your current campaign and not go kind of back in the past or mm -hmm. go out to other people's plans um, but but just concentrate on what you're doing in the here and now and and if you really suffer from this you know have your guiding framework and all the rest of it but go from day to day through it mm. and make decisions based on that and congratulate yourself when you're doing well and write positive comments in your 
journal about even if a session was tough, how you still managed to get through Excellent. <coughs> so that, that's brilliant. I um, mean, with this and a, and a previous program that we've done, you've been mm. through 10 motivational traps that people can fall in or motivational minefields. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Mm-hmm. This is fine if you listen to it and you think, mm, that was nice, there's some good examples there, and then forget about it. You'll, you'll get not much benefit from it, frankly. Yeah. So, you know, what I encourage you to do is to refer back to this frequently mm-hmm. and you're able to download this onto a cheat sheet to make yeah. it even easier. If you refer back to these traps frequently, you'll make sure that you don't fall back into faulty thinking patterns right, because yeah. it will start becoming far more natural mm-hmm. for you to catch yourself before you actually step into that trap and then go into... Because the solutions, as you can probably tell, they, they weren't rocket science. No, really. They're just a slight change of emphasis or thought or perspective. Mm. A lot of it is perspective and it context. Is, yeah. It's more important to actually catch yourself falling into it yeah. because the corrections are quite simple. So once again, thank you for some excellent in- insights on the way things that can pull us down very simply. Thank you again, Dr. Dave. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>